Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? Not as good as it's going for you. You're in Canada this week, hanging out in the Canadian Rockies. It's fantastic. I love it up here. It's just amazing. We have a gorgeous view of the Canadian Rockies. We're heading that way this weekend uh, before we come back home to North Carolina. And it's just wonderful up here. It's great being on the campus of uh, Canadian Southern Baptist Seminary and near the headquarters of uh, the Canadian National Baptist Convention. Uh, Great work that they are doing up here and just just fun to get to know these people, to see what's happening. Uh, Keith's teaching a class up here this week, uh, and just a, a wonderful uh, town of Cochrane. It's a suburb of Calgary. We're having a great time. And might I add, um, the sort of the news cycle up here is not quite as crazy as it yeah, seems to be. I, at I was going to so. say <laughs> that you, you might want to consider an extended stay based on the news down here. It's it's oh the the new normal in the news cycle down here is just kind of yeah. kind of been a, a bit bit strange this week, a bit, no, bit intense. No, we, yes, we do, of course, have internet and television, and so we're, uh, we have the cable news channels and are from home and are kind of tracking things, but when we went out to dinner last night, you know, it's just, you just kind of, no, no one is talking about any of these things. They're just living life, and, and uh, when we're spending time with the people here, it's not really an issue, and so, uh, kind of nice to be a little bit of a slower pace. Uh, Also to get my favorite snacks, which I finally honed in. Last year when I was in Canada, I tried all sorts of things. Uh, Now on this visit, I've settled my favorites are uh, hickory sticks and Wonder Bar. What's a hickory stick? So it's kind of like, uh, you know, the potato sticks that come in the can back at home. Kind of like that, um, but they have this seasoning on them that's just really really good so i finally settled that's my favorite snack and <clears throat> i've mentioned before wonder bar is my favorite candy yeah i saw your so tweet about I'm, that your picture yes yes so i'm getting uh i'm getting my fill all right well amy i, I know you've had a wonderful week up there you guys celebrated uh graduation last week after we had uh finished taping and everything at southeastern and uh, we got a bunch of graduations. We're gonna we're gonna hold off on the graduation recaps until next week because Southern's graduation is not until this week, so that is not over yet. And uh, speaking of Southern Seminary, if you're interested in Christian College or Seminary, you can swing by the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and Boyce College booth. That's booth number twelve thirty one, Wild in Phoenix, for the Southern Baptist Convention. You can find out more about all the things that Southern has going on at the annual meeting at sbts.edu slash sbc. Our leading story this week, Amy, is the news that Steve Gaines will be nominated for his second term as SBC president, and his son Grant is going to do the nomination. Yeah, so when that story released, I mean, I I think it's no surprise this is pretty typical that um, second time around the uh, current president is is usually nominated um, with no, you know, opposition but uh, the the news that it that the nomination will be coming from his son that's a nice touch. Yeah, and we talk about that. We've got a interview with Steve Gaines this week on the podcast. That's later in the show. We even touch on this. He was uh, pretty excited to have his uh, son do the nomination. So that that's pretty cool. I, I like seeing that. We we have quite a few 
uh, father-son pairings in the SBC. We talked a little bit about that in the the interview later in the show with him. Uh, we mentioned Bailey Smith and his sons Stephen and Josh, uh, as well as the Rainers, the Akins, uh, whom we are familiar with, obviously, uh, you and I. Uh, but yes. very, very uh, cool to see a son nominating his dad for SBC uh, president. Yeah, and um, I think after... You know, last year, obviously, the presidential election really dominated a lot of the discussion um, in St. Louis. Uh, this year, with it being, a, you know, just expected to be much more low key, that'll just be kind of a special thing. I know it will be special for them, and I'm looking forward to hearing that nominating speech. Yes, I am as well. All right, uh, moving on, some news from Steve Gaines this week. He appointed the Credential Committee and the Tellers Committee for the 2017 annual meeting included in the credentials committee was John Green, uh, who is not the author of the fault on our stars, Kevin James, not Paul Blart and Chris Johnson, not the running back uh, that used to play with Tennessee uh, and uh, a lot of other names as well. But I just wanted to clear those three up in, in case anyone was wondering. That's great. That reminds me of last year. Do you remember when I found all the, the connections to the singer? There were singers that matched oh, yes. up with all of the, 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 the presidential nominees. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we, you, you got to have some connection there. Um, I noticed Kevin James jumped out at me because it's an actor's name. And I also uh, know a Kevin James from way back uh, growing up and uh, from my hometown who is not that Kevin James yeah. um, as well. But that's a pretty common name, yeah. I guess. So uh, in the, the Taylor's committee, uh, some familiar names in there as well. Uh, Jeremy Roberts, uh, A.B. Vines, uh, Jed Coppinger, a few, a few names that people may uh, recognize C.J. Adkins, who's uh, the pastor of Jay Adkins, Jay's pastor down in uh, New Orleans. And I think C.J.'s been on that committee for a few years. And Brandon Park's going to lead the Tellers Committee. Uh, we had a listener ask us about the uh, demographics of these two committees. Uh, the Credentials Committee, 23 appointees, 22 men, one woman, 22 Anglos, one non-Anglo. Uh, the Tellers Committee, 21 appointees, 19 men, two women, 16 Anglo and five non-Anglo. So those are the breakdown. We had somebody ask about that. Uh, we didn't have the the breakdowns of the uh, committee on committees. We're still working on that. Did the the quick research on these. These were pretty easy this week. Had some time to to knock through that. So uh, yeah. that's the uh, the breakdown there for those who had asked. So we appreciate right. you asking, and we we are here to inform our audience. Yes, and just remember that uh, the credentials committee uh, the. They are the ones who are always checking that you see them at registration when you're going in. And the important role that they play is just making sure that um, all messengers have been, uh, that, that they've, that they are qualified, that they have the proper credentials, that their churches uh, have the proper credentials to seat messengers, that they are verified as members uh, of that church, things like that. And this can be an issue sometimes when there are questions. And we haven't had that, in a, you know, a lot in recent years, but we certainly have throughout the history of the Southern Baptist Convention. And so that needs to, uh, so, so that's an important committee that kind of does a, a lot of work behind the scenes that we don't really notice, but must be a part of, of things. And then the tellers, I mean, they're very important, particularly in elections. You know, this year, um, it, with uh, at least one unopposed election, and, and so far in the other two offices, there, uh, the, there's uh, well, and so far in the other offices that have been announced, there's only one nominee. Uh, so it may be less less of a issue this year, but last year uh, we had 
several elections that had, you know, three people and, and things. And the tabulation of those votes is very important for the integrity of the process. So the tellers, uh, they play an important role as well. Uh, and these are groups that are appointed. They are not confirmed by the um, by the messengers. That is a president's prerogative, um, part of the task uh, that he has this year, part of the task that the president has um, as laid out in the bylaws. And uh, so always in the announcement, these are these are ones that maybe don't get as much attention. Um, as but they some get of the attention others. here. But SBC they do because week. everyone is important. And and speaking of uh, these committees, I, I I failed to mention Dan Eddington will chair the credentials committee. Amy, he's the uh, okay. director of missions at Three Rivers Baptist Association in Wilmington, Illinois. One nomination that we are still lacking is for registration secretary. So, not trying to read anything into that, Amy, but we have not seen a nomination come forth uh, for Jim Wells for registration secretary just yet. Well, I'm looking forward to um, seeing him play that role again this year. Uh, I think he is a man of um, great integrity and works very hard. Absolutely. Uh, I have a ton of respect for him, uh, so I can't wait to work with him again this year. And um, and I, I look forward to, to hearing. I'm sure we'll get an announcement about that nomination uh, at some point in the days ahead. Moving on, some news from Louisiana. The Louisiana Executive Board has concluded a study of what they called issues of concern related to the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission and issued a letter commending ERLC President Russell Moore for, quote, confessing his failings, end quote. Uh, the letter addressed uh, to the ERLC president and trustees also urged Moore to, quote, listen carefully and respectfully to Southern Baptist, even as we listen to him. All right. And uh, does that kind of, I mean, we had some outstanding stories that we've followed up on with uh, this particular issue and discussion, but I, I know the executive committee does have some reports to kind of close out that circle. Yeah, they got to put a button on those ahead uh, but i do think with this story that kind of seals some things for a while yeah, it, it effectively a ends of, a lot of, of things yeah. yes yeah yeah and uh the, they had a four-hour meeting at the erlc's nashville office in january that involved uh dr moore three louisiana baptist convention leaders said it was very helpful though not conclusive in the process uh, but it did go a long way to uh, the status that we are now uh, uh, in attendance with uh, dr moore were eddie wren the lbc president gavin spinney and Louisiana Baptist Convention Executive Director David Hankins. You know, good news to see this thing kind of wrapped up before we get to Phoenix. Hopefully that won't uh, overshadow uh, what's going to be going on in Phoenix next month. And it was kind of a light week in the news, Amy, this week. Uh, not a whole lot going on in the SBC other than these uh, announcements of Dr. Gaines's nomination and the credentials and tellers. Uh, but we were able to sit down with Dr. Gaines this week, talk to him, and hear about uh, his first year as SBC president and kind of what he looks forward to in Phoenix and next year as well. Joining us this week on SBC This Week is Dr. Steve Gaines, the president of the Southern Baptist Convention. He will be presiding over our annual meeting next month in Phoenix, Arizona. We're excited to have him on there. Thank you, Dr. Gaines, for making uh, some time in your week to talk to us. Well, thank you, Jonathan. I'm so glad to be with you. And uh, the news broke just uh, this week, actually just a few hours before we're talking here on Wednesday, about uh, your son Grant will be the one who will nominate you for your second term as SBC president. Uh, that's That's got to be exciting as a dad. It really is. I tell you, I love my son. He is a great pastor, a great preacher, but he's also a wonderful husband and father, and 
he's a great uh, son. I, I love him and just thank God for him. And uh, we don't get very many you know, sons and fathers in ministry. I mean, there are a lot of sons and fathers in ministry, but we, we don't see him usually on this level, uh, you know, with the SBC president having his son. So that that's kind of a unique moment. Uh, we may have seen that maybe earlier in SBC life. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not, none of them are really ringing a bell. Uh, well, Bailey Smith, I, that was going to be the one that I would ministry. have guessed. Yeah, yeah. He's got some great guys. I'm sure there are others as well, but, uh, uh, I'm, I'm just grateful that, uh, God is using, Grant the way he is. He's a very smart young man. He has his PhD from Southern Seminary in theology, and yet he's just a, a excellent communicator of the Word of God in the local church, and that's really where his heart is, and that's where my heart has always been. So he's doing a great job. He's pastoring a church in Jackson, Tennessee, Calvary Baptist Church. He's doing a wonderful job. So let's uh, let's talk about your first year as SPC president. What are some of the things you're most proud of, and maybe some of the surprises that you found out along the way? Well, as far as what I'm proud of, I've just been grateful to be able to preach quite a bit. And uh, when I say quite a bit, that's probably an understatement. I have not missed any Sundays here at Bellevue preaching, but I have been out during the week preaching a lot. I've preached at quite a few state conventions. I preached at the Southern Baptist Convention of Texas. I preached at the Missouri Baptist State Convention the Tennessee Baptist State Convention, the Arkansas Baptist State Convention, and the Montana State Convention. That may not be exactly what that's called, but it was the state convention in Montana. And the thing that I have really enjoyed about that is I really thank God for the work of our state conventions. I was also able to speak for three days at the annual meeting of the state convention executives it was held out in california and really had a great time with those guys those guys are really in my opinion really part of the heart of the southern baptist convention they work with local churches day in and day out and local associations and you know you have to remember that that's really the grassroots the local church is is the southern baptist convention and i just thank god for I think one of the reasons that we are so strong in the Southern Baptist Convention is that we have these multiple levels of leadership. We need strong churches. We need strong associations. And we need strong state conventions so that we will have a strong uh, national presence as well in the Southern Baptist Convention. So that's been a a great time. I also uh, enjoyed preaching for the North American Mission Board trustees, and uh, Kevin Ezell has been a dear friend of mine for a long time. He's doing a wonderful job at NAM, and I was able to preach for them when they met last fall in Denver. I was also able to attend the International Mission Board trustee meeting and really appreciated the leadership and appreciate the leadership of David Platt. He and I have been friends for a long time. Uh, both of these guys have preached for me here at Bellevue and for us at Bellevue and did a great job. Then I preached at the Guidestone uh, board meeting as well. O.S. Hawkins is just doing a fantastic job there and uh, had a great time visiting with those guys and preaching to them and their wives. And then I preached at uh, all but one of our six seminaries. I preached at Southwestern Seminary, also uh, uh, taught in a um, uh, preaching conference there. 
and then I uh, preached at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in uh, in uh, Kentucky, there in Louisville. Had a great time with them. Went to their board meeting. Uh, preached at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Always enjoy being with Danny, just like I enjoy being with uh, Al Moeller at Southern. And then preached at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. And uh, we're having a great, uh, great movement up there of God. I'm telling you, that that seminary is really on fire. And I love Jason Allen and what he's doing there. And then New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary preached there. And Dr. Chuck Kelly uh, is always a gracious host and had a wonderful time with them. And did not get to preach at Gateway Seminary, but I did get to attend the uh, dedication of their new building there. And boy, that is a fantastic ministry. And uh, Jeff Orge is an unbelievably capable leader. And I really enjoyed getting to know him better. And then I was uh, at the Southern Baptist Convention Executive Committee meeting and preached for them. And that was kind of a God moment. I, I wrote out the sermon, in fact, day of the preaching that I did that night. Uh, and it's a, I'm preaching through the book of Acts here yeah. at Bellevue and uh, preached on uh, what happens when we pray out of uh, the gospel of, or, or the uh, book of Acts and out of chapter four. And yep. It was just a, an unusually anointed time. I'm not saying I preached well. I'm just saying it was it was a God moment. Yeah, God that was a great moment. I was in the crowd for that. Okay, okay. Well, I'm, it was just unusual in, in a good way. Yeah. And that, that, you know, everywhere I've gone, I've emphasized prayer. That's what the Lord laid on my heart because I believe that, uh, like I said that night, if you heard that message, when you love somebody, uh, you talk with them mm-hmm. and you talk about them. And that's basically evangelism or prayer and evangelism, you know. And so I, I've, I've had a great time uh, and I really appreciate uh, how sweet people have been to me. They've been very uh, encouraging. And I have heard so many people, Jonathan, uh, say that they've been praying for me and I have felt those prayers. Well, what were some of maybe the surprises that you've uh, had along the way? Well, they were all good. I'm just surprised at how much God is doing at so many levels. Uh, you know, the week that I preached at the, the North American Mission Board uh, meeting in Denver, we uh, were there and we were listening to all that God's doing through the North American Mission Board, planting 100 churches every month. Uh, they're going to plant 100 new churches just in the Denver area. And uh, just just to think about that alone was enough. But uh, then left from there, went down to Ontario, California, and saw the new campus of Gateway uh, Seminary and just was just overwhelmed with how God has blessed that campus in their move from uh, Strawberry Point there in San Francisco, and then flew from there up to Montana to see God working in Missoula, Montana, preached there to 130, they've got 137 churches, I think it was, in Montana, and they're planting churches left and right in a state that I think has under a million people in it, but boy, what a great work they are doing there. And when I got home, I was just overwhelmed saying, Lord, you're doing so much. This is why I like the cooperative program. I'm supporting things that I don't even know about. Yeah, that's a great point. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to get to hear all about it. You know? Yeah. And, and well, that's one of the things that, you know, we, we try to highlight, I guess you say on the, the podcast here, there's, 
there's so much more going on in the SPC than most people realize. And absolutely. And you know, when we talked to Dr. Floyd last year, he he kind of echoed those sentiments. You know, the traveling around, you see stuff that you would never see, never hear about as president absolutely. of the SPC. So, um, well, let's. Uh, you mentioned prayer, and that's a, one of the big focus uh, of the. Southern Baptist annual meeting in Phoenix. And there's a couple of things going on in the meeting I wanted to ask you specifically about. Uh, one of them is uh, these uh, moments to, from God's Word, you know, to share messages from God's Word. I think that's what it says in the the um, the calendar there, the schedule of events there, and in addition right. to your message and other things. Tell us about that and also the President's panel on stewardship. Well, the guys that I have asked to preach are Johnny Hunt and H.B. Charles. Johnny, of course, is a legendary pastor in the Atlanta area at Woodstock, and he'll be preaching on the significance of soul winning. And I chose those words uh, intentionally because I really believe that we've got to get back to one-on-one personal evangelism. Uh, I graded for Roy Fish at Southwestern Seminary for seven of the eight years that I was there, and um, and, and then I wrote another, I spent another three years writing a dissertation, but um, for those seven years, I sat under Dr. Fish and uh, just really was mentored by him, and he always said, you know, as goes soul winning, goes the Southern Baptist Convention, and I believe that, you know, we've been in about an 18-year decline in our baptisms. I believe it's because we are not investing and not engaged in soul winning, so Johnny's going to preach about that. And then H.B. Charles is going to preach about the significance of prayer. Again, I believe that if you love somebody, you talk with them and about them. When you talk with God, that's uh, prayer. And when you talk about God, that's soul winning. So those will be those two guys. Regarding the stewardship panel, uh, I, I really believe that was one of the other things that I wanted to emphasize. And uh, I've got Ronnie Floyd from Arkansas, Hans Dilbeck, who's a pastor in Oklahoma, K. Marshall Williams, and uh, then then uh, he's from New England, and then Jordan Easley is from Tennessee. Frank Page will be on that, and then Chris Brown is uh, with Dave yeah, Ramsey's here organization, in and uh, does a great job. And uh, I love him. We have used Dave Ramsey's uh, materials, and we have worked with his entire team. We took forty two hundred people through. Financial Peace University here just at Bellevue. Wow, that's amazing. Thousands of whom were not Bellevue members. Uh, And we we really saw a lot of people uh, not only come to the Lord, but join our church. And it was was a real neat experience. But the reason I'm doing that is because everybody's talking about, you know, we need more money for this institution, that institution. One of the things, Jonathan, that I learned from Dave Ramsey, who has become a good friend, uh, Dave has shown us uh, stats that say that the average American, this includes Christians, spends a dollar twenty-five for every dollar they earn. Now you think about Ooh. that. We complain about our government, but uh, you know we're just we're the government is just a mirror of who we are. Mm. Uh, we, you know, I had an old deacon. <laughs> he's in heaven now. Mars Carter. He was my first church in uh, Lake Dallas, Texas, he said, if your outgo exceeds your income, your upkeep becomes your downfall. And uh, I like you think about that. That's I like a it. good way to put it. Uh, we we are spending in, individually more than we take in. Well, you can't last like that as nope. a nation, and you sure can't last like that as an individual or as a married couple. 
And then Dave Ramsey showed us statistics that the number one cause in divorce is not immorality or infidelity, but it is financial problems. Mm -hmm. That's the number one cause of divorce. Well, does divorce affect the church? Sure it does. And so that's why people, people are getting out nowadays of school and they have thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars worth of debt on college loans and everything else. And it's destroying people's ability to tithe and to, to give. And so I just think that we need to start a conversation and to start uh, an emphasis, a long-term emphasis in the Southern Baptist Convention on just good old-fashioned stewardship, where you teach people to tithe to their local church, at least to tithe is what I say. I, I quit tithing a long time ago. I do more than that to my local church. But then to, uh, you know, get on a budget, to, to really uh, find out a biblical budget that works for you and your spouse, and then to save for future needs, and then to uh, try to get out of debt. Uh, Dave Ramsey's snowball uh, effect, uh, his manner of getting out of debt is one of the most ingenious things I've ever seen. So we're just going to talk about some of those things to try to get some people some help. You know, pastors can get up there and talk all they want to about tithe to your church. Well, when they owe everybody in the country, they can't do it. Yeah. And so we've got we've got to start at the at the life of the individual church member and say, hey, you need you need to listen to, to what we're talking about. You need to get involved in biblical stewardship. My son, that's going to nominate me, is the one that put us on to Dave Ramsey's uh, Financial Peace University. He had been doing his church in Calvary. He said, Dad, he said, the young couples at my church are responding to this so much. He said, basically, it's just doing money like uh, your parents, talking about my parents, his grandparents used to do it. And he said, uh, Dave Ramsey's just really a great, great uh, person to talk about, all, to listen to about all this. And so we tried it at Bellevue. It went over like gangbusters. And uh, I'm not just pushing Dave Ramsey. I don't work for him. I don't owe him any money. There's no side deal or anything like that. But I think overall, right out there right now, he's got the best plan uh, for Christians to look at to try to apply stewardship principles. So we're going to just talk about some of these things that I've mentioned here, some of these stats, uh, you know, and we've got people from various areas of the country. And uh, we're going to just talk about stewardship and how we can bring that emphasis back into the church. And and that's what we need. We don't just need to uh, push this person. We need more more people giving to our churches so that our churches can give more to the cooperative program so that we can grow the Southern Baptist Convention, even in our finances. And now one of the other big duties of the SBC president is to appoint committee members. Uh, this week, even the Tellers Committee and Credentials Committee were announced. Uh, just walk us through that process and, and how you know how long that took. Because some of the qualifications for a lot of these nominees are, you know, you got to live in certain place a certain amount of time and, right. and have to be at a church a certain amount of time. So, you know, walk us through what you and your team did for that and, and just all the thought and everything that went well, into that. Well, the operative word, you just said it is team. I was obviously not able to make every single call myself. You're talking about hundreds of phone calls, vetting people, and uh, Frank Page's office and Sing Oldham and all those people there, they have just been so wonderful to work with. I'm talking about the folks at the SBC yeah. Executive Committee. And then we have worked with state convention executives because they know the people in their uh, states who will do the, the good job. So those are the ones. We 
I had a staff member that worked with those people and then I would sign off on them and I, and on occasion I would make some recommendations, but, uh, it was a whole team of people doing it together and it worked beautifully and I'm really pleased with the outcome. How, how long a process was that for you? Oh, it, it, <laughs> if you counted everything we've done, we worked on that for months. Yeah. Uh, no doubt about it. Yeah. All right. Final question for you. The, as we look into 2017, 2018, the next year, what do you want to see from Southern Baptist? What do you hope to see from Southern Baptist? And kind of what are your, your dreams for the Southern Baptist Convention? Well, you know, my dream for the Southern Baptist Convention is that we would uh, realize that uh, God is a supernatural God. And I believe we're supposed to love God with all of our mind. And But I think that we need to love him with all of our heart and soul, then our mind and strength and i i think that that we need to really emphasize the importance of crying out to god in prayer for a spiritual movement i i'm i'm afraid that we spend more time in planning meetings than in prayer meetings when in fact jonathan the church was birthed in a 10-day prayer meeting not a planning meeting but a prayer meeting in an upper room and uh, I'm preaching this Sunday on Acts 13, and missions was birthed in a prayer meeting. The Bible says that those prophets there at the church at Antioch, Paul and Barnabas being two of those, uh, they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, which means they were praying and they were fasting. Prayer is ministering to the Lord. We talk about ministering to people. We talk about uh all other kind of ministries, but ministering to the Lord is where I believe we as Southern Baptists can take it to another level, and we need to take it to another level. I don't believe that we need to just, you know, lean on our own understanding, but instead we need to acknowledge him in all that we do, pray about everything. And the more we pray, the more God is going to work. And when God works, it's obvious to everybody that the hand of God, the favor of God, the blessing of God is on it. And God can do more in five minutes than we can do in 50 years. If we would just really dedicate ourselves as a convention, as churches, as an associ- as associations, as state conventions, to really pouring out prayer unto God, asking for God's blessing on everything that we do, I think we would see our baptisms, uh, go in the right direction, go up again, more people being saved. I believe people, our church membership would be going up. I believe our giving would be going up. And I believe just the spirit of God would be upon our churches. And we would see God do exceeding abundantly beyond all we can ask or think. So I'm going to emphasize prayer until I die, whether I'm leading the Southern Baptist Convention or not, because I'm so sold on it. I think that is the key to the Christian life. Your prayer life is the litmus test for your spiritual life. God wants his house to be a house of prayer. And the last thing I'll say about it is this. The only thing we have recorded in Scripture where the disciples, the apostles said, Lord, teach us to, is in Luke 11.1 1, when they said, Lord, teach us to pray. They did not say, Lord, teach us to make disciples, although that's important. They did not say, Lord, teach us to evangelize and preach, although that's important. All these other things we think we've got to have. But the number one thing, teach us to pray. There was something about Jesus' prayer life that captured their hearts, and they knew that if the Son of God needed to pray, 
then they needed to pray as well. And so I just pray that we will be the most praying denomination, the most praying group of Christians in America, that we could lead the way in a great outpouring of God's Spirit and start with prayer. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I, I really appreciate that. And we are excited about Phoenix, excited about uh, everything that will be going on there, looking forward to uh, those concerted times of prayer uh, throughout the annual meeting. And uh, I'm also looking forward to having you here at Lifeway this fall. I think you're uh, on the docket for I chapel. Am, yes. Uh, Tom asked me to come, and I'm looking forward to that. Yep. So we'll we'll have you over here in Nashville later in the year. But uh, we will see you and, and hopefully many of our listeners next month in Phoenix, Arizona. Thanks again, Dr. Gaines. Thank you so much. Have a great day. All right. Thank you for that, Jonathan. And we really do uh, appreciate Dr. Gaines for coming on the show with us. I know things must be very busy for him uh, getting ready for the annual meeting. So we're we're grateful for uh, the time that he gave us this week. Yep. Really appreciate that. Next week on the show, we're going to have an interview with Nate Milliken, kind of highlighting a few things in Phoenix. Uh, Nate's a pastor out there. He'll be able to give us a, maybe a, a little bit of a lowdown on uh, where to eat, what to do, if you're going to be out that direction. Obviously, uh, if you're already headed out that way and planning to, for some extra days, you probably have some ideas, but uh, you might have some free time while you're out there and uh, be able to check out a couple of things in the Phoenix area. So uh, looking forward to that next week. Ask him a question. Okay. Um, I got a, a tweet from one of my friends, um, Allison, at the executive committee. Yeah who mentioned a pizza place that has an organ in it. A, a what? Like a pipe organ. Okay. It's this pizza place that um, I think maybe when she was in Phoenix, I don't know if it was a time when they were kind of checking things out or whatever, and she said she visited it, and it's really well known for this uh, kind of unique organ stop pizza. So this is my friend Allison Young, and she's amazing, does great work uh, for the executive committee. But she said it's uh, it, it's got like a pipe organ that is inside um, the restaurant, huh. a big Wurlitzer. So it's called Organ Stop Pizza. So ask him about that. All right. Well, okay. I will. And there's also Pizzeria Bianco out there. Best pizza in America, apparently. So Yeah. Can you ask him what the weather will be like? It, it, I think it's going to be hot. Just, All right. I, I'm going. I, I've got my rompers packed, Amy, and uh, ready I'm to go. I'm not even discussing that thing. <laughs> I've seen that all over social media this week. I have nothing to say about that. Phoenix is the perfect place to bust out the romp him. Um, no, no, it's not. It's actually not. No. All right. Well, that that's going to do it for us uh, with the uh, the news and interviews this week, Amy. That's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. Oh, I've got a good one. Okay. We are going to go back to 1917. That's 100 years ago, Amy. I know. I know. So this is when the annual meeting was uh, convening in May. So it met in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, May 16 to 21. And I almost feel like I need a drum roll for this. <laughs> a big, big thing happened at that uh, annual meeting. What was it, Amy? That that was the meeting at which they established what we know as the executive committee. All right. So. So Frank Page wouldn't have a job today if it wasn't for those folks 100 years ago. And this means that the executive committee, the members of the executive committee and the staff of the executive committee, they should celebrate this week. Yes. Um, Cake this is across their, the street. This is their 100 year work anniversary. Yeah, their centennial work anniversary. How about yes. that? 
Yes. So this um, this suggestion uh, was made. It was a report from uh, it was the report of the Committee on Consolidation of the Boards. So they wanted to uh, revise Articles 5 to 10 of the Constitution as it, it was. They were appointed in 1916 to consider and report on a resolution to revise those articles to create one strong executive board which should direct all the work and enterprises fostered and promoted by this convention. Um, and so they uh, sort of put out and what they did is they recommended that the boards of the convention remain separate, but they recommended um, that there needed to be some unity and they wanted to create a standing committee of the convention to act for the body between its sessions. So basically what they were trying to do is, is uh, in the year before they were talking about consolidating all of the trustee boards. And this group came back after their work uh, throughout the year and uh, said, we don't think that's we don't think that's the thing to do. But we do think a standing committee that represents different uh, parts of they say different parts of the territory of the convention um, be established. So then they can uh, they can do things. They can act for the convention ad interim. They can handle sort of the general business of the convention. Uh, so this thing that's sort of a normal part of our existence, it was not established in 1845 when uh, the convention um, began. It it came later, and so it came 100 years ago. If you look, I'm, I'm going to throw in the show notes the SBC annual from 1917. If you're really interested in looking, you want to uh, jump in around um, page 33 of that. It happened on the second day. Uh, the committee that, um, that did that, uh, you'll you'll notice E.Y. Mullins was on that committee. That was a, a season in which he was very involved in a lot of things. Uh, the 1925 Baptist Faith and Message, uh, the cooperative program, you know, all of these things. Uh, E.Y. Mullins was was kind of in the in uh, the middle of a lot of that. Was a, a real uh, was a strong leader at the at that time. Um, but this is a big deal. So I'm also going to throw in uh, the history of the executive committee. Uh, the link from their website that just kind of gives a summary of what they do, but also tells, you know, where they were formed in 1917 and established offices in 1927 in Nashville. So um, it is uh, definitely an important uh, part of sort of how we exist as a convention um, and how we do what we do. Uh, but it all started 100 years ago this week in SBC history. Well, congratulations to the executive committee on its first 100 years. You know, you mentioned Allison. I have not met her. I've seen her on Twitter. We work right across the street from one another. We've never met, I don't believe. You need to meet her. She listens every I know. Week. I know. Well, I mean, that phone works two ways, Amy. And so. she's and she's fantastic. She does uh, just incredible work there, and especially in the days of the uh, the annual meeting. Yep. So, so I'm I, sure I'll, we'll meet in Phoenix next yes. month if we haven't met you between meet now and then. So yes. once again, want to remind you, if you're going to be in Phoenix, stop by the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and Boyce College booth. That's booth number 1231 while you're there and uh, see all the things that they've got going on at Southern up there in Louisville uh, and Boyce College. Just a phenomenal uh, growth that they've seen up there. 
at Southern and at Boys College over the past few years. And uh, that's going to move us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week is the ERLC National Conference. Uh, they launched a, a website this week. Christ-Centered Parenting in a Complex World is the theme for this year's uh, conference. It'll be held again at the Opryland Hotel. Always a fun time to be had out there at the Gaylord Opryland Resort. Uh, just a, a phenomenal place. And they got a really good resort rate for that, Amy. If you're going to if you want to stay at the Opryland, it's only $189 a night, which, Amy, I, I know that saying may sound a lot, but knowing the regular prices for the Opryland Hotel, oh, goodness. $189, yes. great deal. Trust me. Yeah, that's great pretty deal. incredible for that hotel. That's out there right by the airport, so I don't even think you have to rent a car. I mean, there's everything going on out there. You can get a an Uber or I think even Opryland has a, a shuttle that runs from the airport uh, to yeah. the resort. So. Come join us here in Nashville in August, at the end of August, August 24th to 26th, for the ERLC National Conference. Amy, your resource of the week is? Um, mine is a book that I've just ordered. I'm saving it. Um, I'm saving it to actually take to Phoenix for our vacation that's going to be at the end of the annual meeting. Um, it's by an author. Uh, her name is Tish Oxenrider. Uh, she's kind of a popular blogger, podcaster in um, sort of, I guess, the it, is mommy blogger is that still a Ooh. Is that still a term? Yeah, usually it's not used in the most positive of connotations. Okay, I'm using it in a positive. I'm okay. a mom and I like to read, you know, people. So, uh I I've enjoyed her uh I've enjoyed her resources, her work for a long time. Um but she's done this book about uh what it was like, what it's like kind of as a family to travel around the world. It's called At Home in the World: Reflections on Belonging While Wandering the Globe. And uh she and her husband, they took their three kids on a 9-month long trip around the world and just kind of what uh what it was like uh to do that with their family to kind of find home where they were and and things. And uh this was just interesting to me. We've done a lot of traveling in the last year. Um we're up here in in Canada for the second time in a year. Keith and I are. We took our kids to Southeast Asia in January. And so I'm taking it with me um because after the annual meeting, uh we are headed over to the Cruise America RV rental place near the Phoenix airport and taken off for about 10 days. And it just seemed like a great book to read uh, while I am going all over and seeing the American West with my kids. Um, so you're like five. Oh my goodness. That is, I've never, that's a deep cut. Huh? That. Deep that, cut. No, 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 no. I loved five. When I was growing up, that's one of my favorite movies, American tales. So good. Anyway, I thought I'd throw it out there because we may have some other people who are doing a similar thing, taking their uh, family on vacation. That that happens a lot, particularly in these um, annual meetings that happen out in the West because it's just an opportunity we're already going to be out there. Um, so I'm excited. Uh, like I said, haven't read it yet because I'm planning to take it and read it on the road, but I'm excited to have it and thought I would mention it. All right. Speaking of going West, we, we don't have yes. an answer to the, the big question. Will Kevin Smith be writing his Harley from Maryland, Delaware to Phoenix. We got to find he really out. Really should he? Really should we need we need that to be a story of the annual meeting. Yep, I, I've got so to text him. I'm going to text him right now and see if he he answers while we're recording. Um, if he's not, we need to start a movement uh, to to ask him to. Yes, for all of us. Yeah, well, we we kind of laid on the planning there. I'm sure. Yes, but I mean, it should so. be pretty simple. He could ride, you know, from Delaware, Maryland, wherever he's living now. Uh, I think in the Maryland, Baltimore area, he could probably just ride down to Louisville where he used to live, see some friends and family, 
then, you know, make a, a next day ride down to somewhere in Texas, Dallas area, maybe. Maybe you could, you know, spend the night at Pecan Manor um, at, at the campus of Fort Worth, you know, in, in Fort Worth or whatever. And then and then going over there. I want to go on record as saying that while I am suggesting that he do it, I'm not going to get involved in planning his um, trip. And uh, we, we, you know, he can do it however he likes, but it would be a great SBC story. Yeah, we'll find out about that, Amy, and, and see if we can get that big question answered. So I, I'm kind of hoping he is, but at the same time, that's a long ride. It, it is. It is. So uh, we'll, we'll, at the end, he can make the final decision, but we can certainly get the crowd asking. Yes. Yes. So, all right. Well, we'll check in on that. Who knows what other kind of news we'll have next week here on SBC this week. We'll have a, an interview with Nate Milliken. Thanks again to Dr. Steve Gaines for joining us this week and giving us the time to uh, hear more about uh, the annual meeting in Phoenix, as well as his first year and uh, his upcoming year, uh, likely as the president of the Southern Baptist Convention. We'll keep an eye out for any other news and see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.